open it up uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. Take us a few, minute to get, a few minutes to get there, um, but we're going to wrap up in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. You guys have heard me talk about this before, um, but when Shelby was carrying our twins, who just seems unreal that we just celebrated the 21st birthday for them, but when, when they were born at 28 and a half weeks, which that's a little bit early uh, for, for babies, I remember coming out uh, of, of the, 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 the delivery area and seeing members of our local church there with my mom and my dad just praying over us. Uh, and in that time, and that, the, that local church showing up, and not just there, but they took care of, our, our, of Chamberlain and Kendrick uh, as we were in Charleston and even to Pittsburgh, and we never worried about our boys taking care of because family and faith family were taking care of them and just the importance of that. I remember several years ago when a broken man walked through the doors of this building into this room, uh, and by the end of the service had just been enveloped by the love of this local church, and he has been a vital part of this church's ministry ever since. I remember when a young drummer uh, was, was diagnosed with kidney disease and needed a kidney transplant, and I remember a time where there was a Honduran orphanage that needed supplies, and we had to tell this local church to quit bringing us stuff. We had filled the, the container uh, past full. I remember when floods hit southern West Virginia, uh, and we loaded up trailer a trailer and, and, and with people with, with supplies and people uh, to go down and help. I remember when a cyclone hit Malawi and the spur of a moment, we took up uh, a collection. I remember when there was a community that needed food, uh, and this church went above and above and above what was expected. I, I remember this local faith family, this, this congregation rallying around uh, family member after member after member over the 14 plus years that we have been here. I remember this local faith family meeting the needs of her community by simply by paying a water bill, electric bill, a gas bill, by, by giving some food, by clothes, and even furniture and appliances so that their life could continue and to have some semblance of normalcy. I personally remember growing up with a granddad duo who served as elders in a local church. That's the only way that I knew them. I never knew them separate from their role as, as leaders in the local church who loved their faith family through marriages and through divorce, through births and deaths, through addictions and freedom, through highs and lows, and just the power that comes with being a member of a local church. I remember when a certain staff member, a certain pastor, and we'll keep his name out of it just so uh, he doesn't feel embarrassed or anything, lost a battle with a tree. Um, and, and their faith family rallied around with meals and with cutting firewood and delivering firewood and filling the pulpit and just taking care. That's the power of a faith family. I've seen parents whose children battle against the world and everything that Satan can throw at them come into this place and be loved back to health by this local faith family. The local church, church, is a powerful entity that loves ridiculously, that should love ridiculously, and provides support not only to her members, but also to the community around, and is also the propellant and the vehicle for the greatest of all commands and charges that we have ever been given, to go and make disciples, to introduce other people to Jesus Christ, because He alone is the only hope that the world has. 
The local church loves in the best of times and in the worst of times. And uh, it's, it, it loves and its leaders in such a way that it can, they're compelled to join in this great commission activity because we realize that while life may be good at times, it pales in comparison to what Jesus has in store for us in all eternity. So we realize that the, the Great Commission is bigger than any one person or even one single church. So we collectively, as a group, as a body of believers, join in the church worldwide to, to tackle this Great Commission because we want more than anything to see Jesus descend and return home for his bride. And that's what we do, what we do. The local church was created by God to be kingdom outposts where we could come here, yes, for safety, yes, for camaraderie and community, but also to be equipped to go because it's wrong for us just to come here and hide out here. There's an old song that, that was, was, a, it was an acapella song when we were growing up talking about mountaintops and how we weren't created to live on the mountaintop in the mountaintop experiences all the time. Sometimes we have to come down in the valley to do what we're called to do as believers. And the local church is that vehicle through which all of those things are to take place. So this morning and next Sunday, we're going to just look briefly at what ch local church membership is. Today, big paintbrush, even a roller, just taking a, a, a wide angle view, some things that we've talked about before. Next week, we're going to dig deep into just one scripture uh, from Paul's letters uh, and Paul's writings. So this morning, let's rewind a little bit uh, and let's look at some of the things that we've talked about because we talked about this in 2022 and we've, we've talked about related things in 2023. So let's talk about what this means. So if you go to Google or go to the concordance in the back of your Bible and you try to look up a phrase that says, the, the phrase, thou shalt join a church, you're not going to find it. It's not there. But don't let that trouble you. Let that encourage you. Let that remind you of the way that we're supposed to think about all kinds of things biblically. For example, that, that doctrine of the Trinity that we hold on to tightly, that word never appears in Scripture. But we believe wholeheartedly in God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It's, it's the, the foundation of our faith. We, we can't turn to a book, chapter, and verse, and, or book and chapter, and see everything that God intends to tell us about his sovereignty, about human responsibility, about how we're supposed to act in a Christian marriage, about how we're supposed to act as Christians in the workforce, about how we're to live as believers. We, we, it's, the Bible is not set up that way. If it was, we would misuse it even more than we already misuse it at times. But when we go to Scripture, and yes, we need to tether our beliefs to Scripture rigorously, but when we do that, we need all of Scripture, not just these little snippets that are easy to remember. We need the total breadth of God's Word to dictate our lives. And in this case, all of the New Testament for us to see what God says about church membership. Because He doesn't say, join a church. He does something much better. So, when we go to Scripture and we look at all of it, and we look at what all the New Testament says about it, 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 it unfurls this relationship between Creator and Redeemer and church, and between church and her members. Uh, and so, the, the 
really just bumps up against or even more rams up against our desire for individualism. Like we are all about us and like what's best for us. And the Bible is showing this picture that it's hard. It's, you can't be a Christian and just be it on your own. You were created to live in community. And instead of just saying, join a church, he gives us something better. He gives us these pictures. He gives us these metaphors that show us what, uh, to help us form a better understanding of church membership. So when we look at Scripture, and we've talked about this before, and the one sheet is, is taking you this direction again. So for those of you who don't like technology much, there's some, there's some copies out uh, on the Welcome Center for you to grab on your way out to look at some of these metaphors. But, but think of them. Think of some of these. Uh, it talks about us, the church as a body. It talks about the church as a temple. Scripture talks about the church as a family. The Bible drives us not just to join a church, but to consider how our lives are in line with this biblical imagery. Hey, for example, right? anybody ever grown up on a farm and been on a farm that has chickens when it's time to butcher chickens? Right? Our job, okay, this is PG-13, that's why we let all the kids go, but our job when we were growing up as kids on a farm was to chase the headless chickens over the hill and bring them back. Right? It's about a chicken without a head is about as useful as a Christian not being attached to the body of Christ. Our head is Christ, right? And apart from it, it's unnatural for us to be detached from our head. He is our head. So think, how does, am I attached to the body? with his head as Christ. Um, the, Bible the Bible uses this imagery, these metaphors, to drive us. Does my church membership look like what we see in this book? These metaphors make us use our imagination uh, to, 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 to evaluate our relationship, not just with Jesus, but with his family, with his body. And am I really like a family member in my church, or am I just a good next-door neighbor? Or am I that little bit kooky neighbor who lives across the, the road? Right? The, these metaphors force us to use our imagination. Am I, am I really like a hand or a foot or an elbow or an ear? Or am I more like a slipper that I get every year for Christmas and then I throw away the old pair? These metaphors force us to, to interact with and to, they show us what membership is. Uh, is about. It's more about having our name on a piece of paper or on a, a church roll. It, it's how we, it shapes how we choose to live. So I encourage you, please, 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 one sheet this week. Now, you guys know what I mean when I say proof text. I, we love proof text as Christians. We love to be able to just quote verse, book, chapter, and verse to prove something that we want proved. Now, proof texts are okay if they really prove what you say they prove, but we are experts at using proof texts to twist and uh, move things around to, to win an argument. So if you want proof texts, if you're that type of person, come and see me because Paul, Peter, James, even Jesus give us some good proof texts about church membership. But we'll talk about that later uh, in, in, individually if you want to because these metaphors give us something much more rich than just uh, chapter, verse, here and there. 
Now, the remainder of what I want to say, share with you this morning comes directly from the, the Constitution rewrite that the deacons have completed. And so we, we hope that in the next uh, week or, or two weeks to have that in your hand. So to, this is just sort of a, a little bit of a tasting of that document. And I like this document because it's not this academic, legalistic type of thing. The, one of the biggest sections in this document is talking about church membership and what it means to be a member. So when we go to membership, we think there's, there's five strands of evidence in Scripture for biblical church membership. These metaphors that we're talking about, this idea of a body, that, that, that example is that Christ is the head and we are his body and we all have a role in the body. Some of us are hands and do things. Some of us are feet and we go places. Some of us are mouths and we speak truth. Some of us are our ears and we listen closely. Some of us are brains and we just think and we provide vision. Some of us are the appendix and we don't know what in the world our purpose is. We're just waiting for you to blow up and kill us all. But we are all part of a body. Uh, we, we, we talk about it when it talks about shepherding. One of the, the biggest images of the church in Scripture is that of shepherds and, and sheep and the idea of the relationship between elders, uh, shepherds, and their flock. And the, the, the shepherd has to know who is in his flock. He can't be taking sheep from other people and, and caring for them like they're his own. Yes, shepherds, leaders in a church should be concerned with the loss. Absolutely, every one of us should be. But there's a special relationship in Scripture between an elder, a shepherd, and the a member of the local church. It gives us the, 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 the opportunity the responsibility to go and to say, Tony, we need to think about this. Right? And there's the idea of discipline. Right? When, 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 we, when we step outside of what God has ordained, there's this evil word that we treat it as evil, this word excommunication that, that wouldn't even exist if it weren't for the member, membership of a local church. About, you know what that is? Excommunication Let's say that Tony Foreman is living in sin, and the, 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 the leaders of this church have come to me, and they said, Tony, said, you're professing to be a believer in Jesus Christ, but your life is showing otherwise. You need to repent. You need to turn. We talked about that uh, a few weeks ago. You need to turn from this. You need to cling more tightly to God, to his word. Let the spirit lead you. And I, okay, but then I keep it living in that unrepentant sin, and I, I fail to repent. I don't want to confess. I don't want to acknowledge. I don't want to change. And the biggest act of love then for a church to do is to set them outside the church. That's Bible language. That's not me, my language. To set them outside the church, to hand them over to Satan in hopes that the soul will be saved. Now, I can't remember the last time in a church setting where I heard a sermon or saw the, that, 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 that extensive of a step of church discipline take place. But it happens because we love. But do you even get the, the picture? You can't set somebody outside the church unless they are in the church. And then there's this whole idea of submission, another word that we don't like to talk about in this day and age because it's, it's all about me. I'm not submitting to anybody. But we see what, when biblical submission is practiced, it makes everything better. It makes our marriages better. It makes the relationship between, between parent and child better. It makes the relationship in the church better because we are all in it for the other person and for God, not for us. 
And I care much more about Jeremiah and what he needs rather than what Tony Foreman wants. And, it, and, and I care much more about the person down the street not knowing Jesus than I care about what party he voted for or what sports team or what economic bracket he's in. It's a submission here that leads us to go there. And it only, and, and the Great Commission can only work if we have biblical submission toward one another and toward our leaders. Becoming a member of a local church or this local church is an expression that we are in this together. We believe in the command and the charge that Jesus gave the church, and we believe that this church is approaching it right in their community. Every church has been given the same charge, go and make disciples. But every church, uh, it does that differently, right? Randy Sturm's oldest son uh, lives in Texas, right? He goes to a cowboy church, right? Uh, On our way to the father-son adventure, we were going through Bridgeport, and in Bridgeport, there's a biker church, I'm assuming, never been to either a cowboy or a biker church, but I'm assuming they look a little bit different than we looked this morning. I'm assuming that their outreach is a little bit different than our outreach and that their ministries look a little bit different than our ministries, but they have the same mission. Our vision in chasing after our mission is to love God, love people, and love more people. I have no idea how a cowboy church puts their mission into, into words. But we all have the same mission. But saying that I'm a member of a cowboy church, of a biker church, of FBCW, says I believe in how this local church is attacking and approaching the great commission that every single church shares. We are in this together. It's not about rights and privileges. It's not about the getting to vote or voice my opinion. You, You get all that. But it's not about that. It's about the great commission. We are... Being a member isn't required for worshiping here. It's not even required for serving in some areas. But membership should be the desire of every single Christian who worships with a local church so that we can be as as consistent as we can about pursuing the Great Commission that we've been given. Now, you're going to see in this document that you'll be able to have in your hands soon that there are there's seven foundational values that, that members of this local church we're going to ask uh, to share. One, and they're all centered on the Great Commission. Because the moment we take our eyes off the Great Commission, we just become a group of people that get together and sing. We just become a group of people who get together uh, because we like each other's company. When we lose sight of the Great Commission, we cease to be a church. So it starts with Great Commission, and it's about learning, and learning speaks of our desire to know God more fully so that we can love Him more completely. It's, it's, it's about loving that represents a mutual care and concern about our fellow members and our community. It's about worshiping, and it's not worship that's just confined to a Sunday morning. No, it's a worship that infects every single part and aspect of our lives, 24-7. It's about prayer and how we communicate to God. Have you ever considered just how amazing it is that the creator of the entire universe wants to talk to David Bright, or to Doug Ankrum, or to Tony Foreman, that he wants to talk to us his children. We have this avenue with prayer, of prayer that we can talk to our Savior anytime we need to. We, service is how our verbalized love takes form. 
Uh, if we're just saying we love, we love, we love, and we're not doing a blooming thing, it is a lie. Our service here to the community across the globe is our love taking on shape. Sacrificial giving, how we worship to start off our service, is important. Not next Sunday, not Father's Day, but on the 25th. It's baby dedication Sunday, but also we're going to celebrate a sort of special baptism. All baptisms are special, but I want you to, to know that this baptism that we're celebrating on the 25th is a direct result of Gretchen Hammer and her crew being in the local schools with the Bible clubs. This little girl wants to go public with her faith because you worship God through tithes and offerings. Okay? Sacrificial giving. We're not all equipped financially to give at the same level, but we can all sacrifice equally in pursuit of. We can't, we can't come alongside of Zach Brady or uh, the stewards and the bells. We can't come along our mission, alongside our mission partners without us giving sacrificially. And it's much easier to give sacrificially when we accept that that is just as much an act of worship as our singing, as our praying, as our preaching, as our sharing communion, as, as being a part of it, it's all a part of our worship. And missions is the spread of the gospel to our family, to our neighbor, to Colorado, to, to Florida, to the end of the earth. Next week, we're going to dig in a little bit about why this, why, why this machine, why this family, why this body has to work together. But as we close out this morning, I just want to share with you very briefly, and this is just a conversation starter for anybody who's been worshiping here who hasn't become a covenant member. It's, it's pretty easy uh, to become a covenant member of this local church. One, you show up regularly in worship, and you, you just enjoy being here. You enjoy what uh, the, the words that come out uh, from, from a Mike Coiner when he encourages or a Becky Postawait when she encourages, you, when, when, when our deacons share, when the preaching is shared. You're, you're here and you're regular, you're regular participant in worship. You, you are baptism. You've been baptized. We are a Baptist church. We think of baptism as something special. And it's more than just an outward expression. If we read Scripture, right, there's so much a tied to baptism and what that is. And we believe in baptism by immersion. I mean, we don't, if you were baptized in the church that you grew up with or you moved into town and you were baptized in another town, we don't require you to be baptized again here. Um, we don't require even proof of your baptism. We figure if you're going to lie about your baptism, that's something you're going to take up with God one day. Uh, but, but it's about we, we believe in baptism. It's about taking a, a class or, or, or having a conversation of some type with a pastor, with a leader, just to learn about this faith family, the ministries that she has, well, the, the mission partners that she has, how, she, how she's organized, how, how this church can help you move from chair two to chair three uh, in your journey. And it's just about having a conversation. And then it's about being recognized by the leaders of this church and the faith family so that we know that we are now responsible for each other, so that we, are, that we are united together. So a couple questions as we close. Why is church membership important? Why is one of the largest sections in our new constitution going to be about membership? It's because of Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus charged us with the most important mission ever. Go 
and make disciples. Jesus came and did the hard work. He lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death that should have been ours. He was placed in a tomb and walked out three days later, defeating sin and death forever. He did the heavy lifting. Our goal is just to introduce people to that Savior. Why, why is the local church, why is local church membership important? Because the global church cannot give you what you need. Now, I love listening to a good sermon as I'm driving in from, from the house or as I'm studying uh, to, to preach through something. I will listen to a Matt Chandler, to an R.C. Spro. I'll listen to all of these different guys. But you know what? Matt Chandler, I don't think he knows I exist. R.C. Sproul is enjoying the company of our Savior right now. They cannot hold me accountable. You need the local faith family to help you to move from one step of your journey to the next, to hold you accountable, to to create relationships uh, where enabled. Like Randy Sturm has permission to come to me and say, Tony, you're not spending enough time at home with your family. You need to change that. I, if I heard, so I could listen to somebody on the, the radio say that, doesn't carry near the weight if Randy says that into my life. Right, we need that. The, the local church can't provide you yeah, with, with what you need. Yeah, there's great teaching out there. But try sending, I don't know, J.D. Greer uh, an email, see how quickly you get a response back from him. Where you could just go on Tuesday evening and sit with your care group and wrestle through that question together with a, people, with a group of people who love you and are committed to you and your faith development. The local church is the vehicle through which Christ collectively unites his church to carry out the Great Commission. So, let's look at what we're going to look at next week. We're just going to read it in Ephesians chapter 4. Here you get a snapshot of the purpose and the importance of the local church. When Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, in verse number 11. And he's talking about the unity of the body, and he's talking about gifts. And notice not all of the gifts are teaching or prophecy or hospitality. He gives some gifts that are in the forms of people. In verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the, ministry, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is a tall, tall benchmark for us to be chasing after. So that we may no longer, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. Their church is the purpose and importance of the local church. We are all on a journey together. And every day that God gifts us with breath in our lungs, we are to image him just a little bit and a little bit more 
until we attain that maturity that we all desire. So in closing, let's go back to those few questions. Does my church membership look like what we see in this book right here? That's something that only you you alone have to start answering. how, How could I look more like what I see in Scripture when it talks about a body or a temple or a family or a flock? How can my relationship with a local church look more like what we see in here? And then, am I really like a family member or am I more like a next door neighbor? Am I really a hand or a foot or am I really like a pair of slippers that when I get a new pair, I throw the old pair away? So what do we do with this? First of all, you have to recognize that Jesus is the first step. If you have not surrendered to him, if he is not the Lord of your life, he is the door, he is the the gate, he is the shepherd, he is the head. You must access eternity and the church through him. And it's not tricky. It's not, it's not complicated. It's surrendering to him. I've done a terrible job of leading my life, of being my own king. I need a better one. And I think you're it, Jesus. And for the rest of us who have put, put, in, put our faith in Jesus, right, it's that, that, okay, am I, does my life as a Christian resemble the imagery that I see in Scripture? When we think of temple or we think of a family, or we think of a body. How does my relationship with this local church or a local church match up with what we see in Scripture?